Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. And good morning, everyone. Welcome. It's 9 o'clock, ready to get going. And I do believe I have the right console working this morning, so I'm trusting you're getting some good sound there. And rumble didn't start. I don't know why. Second day in a row that it hasn't started when I did everything right. Well, sorry, rumblers. We're going to have to work on that after the um, Devo today and see what happened there. And I'll try and see if maybe I can upload the recording onto Rumble. But anyway, let's look over into this day in trivia for the 12th of January. What is the definition of willy-nilly? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, means you have no strength, it says. Uh, when you are young, you eat an apple a day to keep the doctor away. When you're old, you eat an onion a day to keep everyone away. <laughs> okay. Same for today. Mm, just a bunch of goofy stuff. All in the family. Debuted on this day, January 12th, 1971. Huh. First person cryogenically frozen, January 12th, 1967. James Bedford's body is frozen after he died of cancer. He currently resides in the Alcor Life Extension Foundation, awaiting time that it might be revived. Mm, good luck to that. Batman pre previewed on this day, 1966. And Dynasty. Who can forget Dynasty, January 12th, 1981, also debuts on this day. It's a big day to debut stuff, apparently. And that's it. First Museum in America, 1773. Public Museum of America, Charleston Museum in South Carolina is organized. Well, good for them. How about a recycled dad joke? Since they're always worth revisiting, right? How does the moon cut its hair? <laughs> Eclipse it. <laughs> mm. Let's see. <laughs> what did baby corn say to mama corn? <laughs> Where's popcorn? <laughs> That's something Asher would say. All right, we're ready to get started in Job 8 and 9 and Matthew um, 9. If you guys will find your place, we will get started. Father, thank you for this morning. And we come excited, come waiting to expectantly to see what you can open up our eyes to and see the things that you want us to see. So thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Job chapter 8. Bildad says, God rewards the good. Verse 1, then Bildad the Shuhite answered, How long will you say these things? The words of your mouth be a mighty wind. Does God pervert justice? 
or does the Almighty pervert what is right? If your sons sinned against him, then he delivered them into the power of their transgression. If you would seek God and implore the compassion of the Almighty, and if you are pure and upright, surely now he would rouse himself to you and restore your righteous estate. Though your beginning was insignificant, yet your end will increase greatly. Please inquire of past generations and consider the things searched out by their fathers, for we are only of yesterday and know nothing, because our days on the earth are as a shadow. Will they not teach you and tell you and bring forth words from their minds? Can the papyrus grow up without a marsh? Can the rushes grow without water? While it is still green and not cut down, yet it withers before any other plant. So are the paths of all who forget God, and the hope of the godless will perish. Whose confidence is fragile, and those whose trust is a spider's web. He trusts in his house, but it does not stand. He holds fast to it, but it does not endure. He thrives before the sun, and his shoots spread out over his garden. His roots wrap around a rock pile. He grasps a house of stones. If he is removed from his place, then it will deny him, saying, I never saw you. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the dust others will spring. Lo, God will not reject a man of integrity, nor will he support the evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouting. Those who hate you will be clothed with shame, and the tent of the wicked will be no longer. Job says there is no arbitrator between man and God. Verse 1, Then Job answered, In truth I know that this is so, but how can a man be in the right before God? If one wishes to dispute with him, he could not answer him once in a thousand times. Wise in heart and mighty in strength, who has defied him without harm? It is God who removes the mountains. They know not how. When he overturns them in his anger, who shakes the earth out of its place and its pillars tremble, who commands the sun not to shine and sets a seal upon the stars, who alone stretches out the heavens and tramples down the waves of the sea and makes the bear Orion and the Pleiades and the chambers of the south, who does great things unfathomable and wondrous works without number. Were he to pass by me, I would not see him. Were he to move past me, I would not perceive him. Were he to snatch away, who could restrain him? Who could say to him, what are you doing? God will not turn back his anger. Beneath him crouch the helpers of Rahab. How then can I answer him and choose my words before him? For though I were right, I could not answer. I would have to implore the mercy of my judge. If I called and he answered me, I could not believe that he was listening to my voice. For he bruises me with a tempest and multiplies my wounds without cause. He will not allow me to get my breath, but saturates me with bitterness. 
It is a matter of power. Behold, he is the strong one. And if it is a matter of justice, who can summon him? Though I am righteous, my mouth will condemn me. Though I am guiltless, he will declare me guilty. I am guiltless. I do not take notice of myself. I despise my life. It is all one. Therefore, I say he destroys the guiltless and the wicked. If the scourge kills suddenly, he mocks the despair of the innocent. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covers the faces of its judges. If it is not he, then who is it? Now my days are swifter than a runner. They flee away. They see no good. They slip by like reed boats, like an eagle that swoops on it, on its prey. Though I say I, I will forget my complaint, I will have off my sad countenance and be cheerful. I'm afraid of all my pains, and I know that you will not acquit me. I am accounted wicked. Why then should I toil in vain? Why should I wash myself with snow and cleanse my hands with lye? Yet you would plunge me into the pit, and my own clothes would abhor me. For he is not a man as I am, that I may answer him, that we may go to court together. There is no umpire between us who may lay his hand upon us both. Let him remove his rod from me, and let not dread of him terrify me. Then I would speak and not fear him, but I am not like that in myself. So Job still is maintaining his innocence through all this, which is commendable actually think about uh, your tendency my tendency if overnight everything went wrong if overnight the the government came and forced you out of your house or something or well let's just say a hurricane came knocked your house down and everyone in your family was killed and your boss came fired you and, <laughs> and you broke out with sores all over your body the same as job you would probably think what did i do to anger god as a believer, you would probably think that. Now, having the benefit of the knowledge of Job and the book of Job, hopefully you would quickly realize that it could just be a result of, of the fallen world and that there's an enemy out there and there is things going on that's maybe much more complicated than you're thinking. But in Job's time, this is the first time that something like this has really happened to a godly man. And so it would seem, I guess you could kind of throw Noah <laughs> in the mix because everything around him was falling apart, but God gave him an ark, right, to, to, main, to keep him safe. But here, he does not understand. He always knew God to be a good God to those who were good to him. And there were very, very few people that were doing this. He was unique. And God had blessed him. He'd become wealthy, and he had a lot of very good, very good uh, possessions, or a lot of animals and uh, land and what have you. So he has come to the conclusion that if everything is falling apart, it must be God, and therefore he's kind of concluding, "I don't understand why. I know God is a good God, but for some reason he has decided." that there is no different he's not going to differentiate between the just and the unjust and the just are going to suffer and get just as much of his punishment or, or judgment as, as the wicked and now he's kind of questioning what is the point to all of this and he, he makes a statement what what other thing could it be 
Now here's what's interesting. He has a misunderstanding or lack of knowledge of the fallen one and the fallen angels. For some reason, he is not thinking in his mind, well, this could be the one that tempted Eve. This could be the one that caused her to stumble, caused her to be cast out of her perfect environment. You think Eve kind of suffered something similar, Adam and Eve. They had a beautiful home and they had they had a beautiful surrounding and they were they had all things just all the blessings of god were were there and all of a sudden it was lost why because they sinned against god by the evil one now he was the cause and the result was god spared their life and took them out of the the garden but he should have come up with this in his mind at some point and i think it's amazing and crafty of the enemy that he, he somehow can get us to blame God before we can blame him. My famous um, story, famous, my, my story that I tell a lot about my friend that I was going flying with one day in our last conversation before he unfortunately had an accident and died. Um, but, but our last conversation that I had with him is he, he, he was, I was trying to witness to him. He was Jewish and, I, and, and we were talking about God and he, and he gave me the classic. Well, his spirituality was, he said, I believe God helps those who help themselves. And so he thought he was kind of righteous before God because he was a good guy and I was doing nice things for people. And I said, how come you've never considered that Satan might help those who help themselves? and give them the things of this world to distract them from worship of God. And he goes, oh, never thought of that. Yeah, good point. And we see this a lot, that people get distracted by whatever it is, either whatever they've lost or everything they've gained, and um, they'll look to an, uh, God and say, it must be God doing this, and not necessarily the prince of the power of the air that has this world that is doing this to distract people and lead them away from worship of of Yahweh and obviously this is what Satan's doing here he's trying to get Job to curse God he said let me let me mess with him God and let me mess with his body let me mess with his possessions and I can get him to curse you and even though Job has for some reason no knowledge that this is the enemy doing he's even thinking God is doing this directly we're going to find and even though he's in depression and even though he's approaching suicide he still acknowledges god is god and god is powerful he never denies that god is real never denies that god is powerful and just and has all all the power he says you've got all the power god what can i do misunderstanding that this was god allowing a test but still yielding in a sense to his majesty and he's going to come through this so <laughs> be encouraged those of us going through the job trials um he does come through this and it's what's comforting to know is it is natural it is normal even for a christian to feel depressed when these things happen to you when all kinds of you're trying your best to follow god and, ble and be blessed by god and be helpful and, and be kind to people and some calamity falls you know falls upon you and you're going, hey, wait a minute, and everything seems so unfair. Well, maybe you're getting the same reason Job did, because God says, this is my worthy servant, 
and I'm going to refine him as gold and I'm going to chip away at him and make him a more precious diamond through this suffering that he's going through. And it, what it means is you are being perfected by the love of the Father in some level, at some, some degree, and uh, you are going to be glorified and you are going to be him with him and God is not going to abandon you. He's going to maintain his love for you even through the suffering. This is where we have to be in our minds, and this is where we see Jesus is so important as we look at the lessons in the New Testament. When he's with his disciples, and when he's in the storm, when he's in the boat, and he's calming the storm, he's casting out demons, people are, are, are constantly getting the picture that God has come down to minister to us in these conditions, in these difficulties, and bring us the light and the life that we so desperately need which is eternal. So Matthew 9 now, first 17 verses, says, Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over the sea and came to his own city. And they brought to him a paralytic lying in on a bed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, Take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes said to themselves, This fellow blasphemes. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, says, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or say, get up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, get up, pick up your bed and go home. And he got up and went home. But when the crowds saw this, they were awestruck and glorified God, who had given such authority to men. And Jesus went on from there and saw a man called Matthew sitting in a tax collector's booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why is your teacher eating with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Then the disciples of John came to him asking, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus answered them, The attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. But no one puts a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and a worse tear results. Nor do people put new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wineskins burst. And the wine pours out, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. So we have these beautiful parables. Jesus is now going to be using a lot of parables in his um, teachings. And it's, um, they're stories designed for the person to think and, and gain the imagery that is being put forth. And Jesus is going to say it's really 
those that are seeking God are going to understand him and those that aren't are not. Because we understand that the wine is the Holy Spirit. And you have to put the wine skin in the wine into fresh wineskins. And that is the, the symbolism of a new birth in Christ. When you ask him to come in and cleanse you and forgive you, you become a new wineskin. And the oil, the wine of the Holy Spirit goes in you and you are preserved. What was happening was these Pharisees and these religious leaders were old and crusty wineskins. They had had the law of Moses, but they had essentially used the law without the full intent behind the law, which, to, which was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, or all your might. Um, and, uh, and they had made it just a system of rules. And they had lost the love aspect of it and the heart aspect of worshiping the Lord. Therefore, they became like old wineskins. The oil was not in it, or the wine was not in it. They, had, they were empty inside, in other words, and all they had was this outer crusty shell. And Jesus is saying, hey, pour wine into that. You guys are going to burst. I cannot, they, they were trying to understand why are you doing these things that are not according to the strict code of the law. And he's saying, basically, go and learn this. You'll never understand what I'm doing unless you become born again. You have to die to yourself and your law and your religious uh, rigid system. And come follow me, as Matthew did, as Messiah the anointed one and understand that i am bringing life and redemption through me not through the law and if you do that then your new wineskin in the wine will the new wine will be in you and you will be preserved unto eternity so we have these parables we have many of the other parables which are kind of doing the same thing just giving people a a clear understanding and they're made to marvel at think about and just wonder at the wisdom and the love of god that he would come down to earth and speak to us in such a fashion charles spurgeon love unto the end for the lord will cast off forever lamentations 331 he may cast away for a season but not forever a woman may leave off her ornaments for a few days but she will not forget them or throw them upon the dunghill. It is not like the Lord to cast off those whom he loves. For having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Some talk of our being in grace and out of it as if we were like rabbits that run in and out of their burrows. But indeed, it is not so. The Lord's love is far from more serious and abiding matter than this. The Lord's love is a far more serious and abiding matter than this. He chose us from eternity, and he will love us throughout eternity. He loved us so as to die for us, and we may therefore be sure that his love will never die. His honor is so wrapped up in the salvation of the believer that he can no more cast him from them than he can cast off his own robes of office as king of glory. No, no, the Lord Jesus, as the head, never casts off his members. As a husband, he never casts off his bride. Did you think 
you were cast off? Why did you think so evil of the Lord who has betrothed you to himself? Cast off such thoughts and never let them lodge in your soul again. The Lord hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew, Romans 11.2. He hateth putting away, Malachi 2.16. Okay, that's a pretty sweet promise as we look into this to see what God is really, really like, that he will not cast you off. He will never deny you. I think what he's mentioning there about people that think about God's love is going in and out all the time is, I'm not sure, but I think you might be referring to people that think that either they can lose their salvation because they're not measuring up to God and what God wants of them, or that uh, they think that God can can withdraw his love from them and that there's no way God could love them because of the sin that they just did, or I, I, I disappointed God and he can't love me. Look at what a mess I'm in in my life. There's no way God can love me. And, and he's saying God is, is a covenant God. And when he covets to love you and bring you into his family, his love is steadfast. And we can count on it. And it's a marvelous thing to, to think about um, his grace and how it is so completely focused on his creations, that he has himself decided to focus in on the individual, whereas before in the Old Testament it was through the nation of Israel. It was through a system of trying to demonstrate righteousness through modeling a whole system of uh, obedience and coming under uh, a, a system of governance by God but now he's bringing it right down to the heart and right down to this individual and saying, um, I have come to die in your place because I love you and all I want to do is for you to receive that love and receive me and know that my love is never ending. And that once you are in his love, he will never leave you, never forsake you. And that is his promise. Oh, that Job could learn that. He was, he's in the process of learning it. He knows God is that kind of a God. He's good God, but he sees all of the misery around him and he's misinterpreting it. And so we can too. We can definitely do that when we are suffering and hurting. But just know that that is his nature and that his, his love is still constant for you. No matter what you're going through, even if you've gotten to the point where you were angry, at God and can't believe what's going on in your life, but he's still there. That's what he's saying. He's still waiting for you to get the full understanding of what he's doing in your life and in my life. Well, that's a good place to stop and a good place to go and spend some time praying. we got a number of things to pray for. Uh, certainly, Roberto and Lulu, we got to get an update from them to see how they're doing, uh, battling a little bit of covid and see who else, um, Tony and Berenice are found, feeling better. They were at church last night with their kids. And uh, still Dean and Kim and their family need a lot of prayer. Abigail is still struggling. And so how can't really speak right now. She's having a hard time processing thoughts from this viral infection she's got. So let's be praying for them. Father, we thank you for your love for us every morning and for your goodness 
And we know, God, there's a purpose for the things we go through. And there's a purpose for this, this whole year that's coming at us mm, like a hammer with these already with this virus in China looming to come into the world and the riots going on in Brazil and the war continuing in the Ukraine and China on the verge of another major attack. And, um, and they're, they're people rebelling, revolting uh, against the government. And on top of all that, God, we got the drug wars going on here in Mexico and uh, things happening here. And a very confused and messed up global governance going on where there is a huge attempt to create this one world government and one world religion. So in the midst of all that, God, we simply want to say thank you for being the center and the source of our joy and our salvation and being, God, our strength, knowing that in this boat, when we're in this huge storm, that you can calm it at any time. You may not allow it to, may not be calm on the outside, God, but we know we can be calm on the inside. So we joyfully wait for you to do what you're going to do. We trust you. And we place our trust in you. And God, all we ask is that you continue to use us and keep us, God, safe and keep us in the palm of your hand for your protection. But we do want to pray for the healing of those who need it so that they might be, God, again, able to jump in alongside us and be able to share the love that you have for your creation all around us. Pray that for Dean and Kim and their family so that they might be fully restored and be able to fellowship with us. We thank you Kim was able to come. Last night, we pray Dean would be able to come, maybe some some of the kids at some point, or all the kids. And so thank you for what you're doing there. But we do pray for healing for Abigail, uh, healing in a very specific way that you can kill off, use her uh, antibodies and the different drugs she's using, these viruses and infections that are in her system that are mm, causing her to have difficulty to process thought and information. So we pray for a big turnaround there. Pray for a big turnaround with Kevin, with his blood, that he can get a good reading, God, that the doctors can tell him that his, he's healing and that he can get a good result from the blood work that he sent up to the United States. So we pray for a great work, God, a supernatural, powerful miracle to happen there. As we pray as well for uh, Maria Elena, in the midst of her cancer, which seems to be continuing to get worse. But we're trusting that your perfect will be done there. And we pray for anyone who's been getting blood work done because of different levels uh, in their blood for indicators of cancer, what have you got, that their test results would come back good. Uh, and so thank you for that. And God, we're just going to continue to walk with you through these storms. Thank you, God, for the evangelism that's been going on. Thank you for the people that are coming to Christ you continue to bless, God, those who are out sharing your faith and, and out the mission, going back and ministering to the kids again. Thank you for that, that we have the opportunity to share with these little, these little ones and their moms and dads and the Bible studies that are starting um, and continuing. We thank you for them. May you continue to bring the people in you want, God, all of the people returning and visiting. What a joy to see them. Some of you now coming down from the north and showing up and surprising us. Thank you. It's been a blessing. So we continue to wait to see what you want to do, God, the rest of this week and in our lives. And we thank you so much for making yourself evident and very alive to us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you again. 
um, though, especially if you were with us last night. It was a lot of fun. So we will be live again tomorrow as we are making our way through the book of Job. And we're going to be in it a few more days. And we're going to be moving through. We're moving fast already. I can just feel it. Remember to invite your friends. And especially if you have the opportunity to two things, maybe um, check out the podcast because those are the edited versions. And I know Rumble didn't work today, uh, but I'll, I'll figure out why and try and get that fixed. But if you can subscribe to either CCPV, Calvary Chapel, Puerto Vallarta, that's the actual main channel. But under Manna for Breakfast on Rumble, if you look that up, you should be able to find it too. And once I get enough subscribers, I won't have to pay for the monthly fee. So be thinking about that as well. So we will see you guys tomorrow. God bless. Mm-hmm.